0: Hello and welcome back to Round the Table. I'm Ben John from Christian Concern and the Wilberforce Academy. It's a delight to be back with you uh, today. Please do put in the comments uh, where you're from, say hello. As always, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions and comments uh, as we discuss some of the issues uh, that have come up this week. I'm delighted uh, to be joined by Roger Kishka of the Christian Legal Centre and making her Round the Table debut Rebecca Moffat, communications officer at Christian Concern. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Roger. Great to Hi. Time.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: So something that's happened this week is the cancellation of the family sex show, uh, which was due to be performed in Bath, Bristol and Norwich this spring and promised to, quote, spark children's curiosity about sex, end quote, for children as young as five. However, after widespread criticism, which included a petition with nearly 40,000 signatures, the public performances have apparently reluctantly been canceled by the venues. But of course, this raises raises major questions about why such an event would have been um, uh, booked in the first place. Rebecca, you've written a hugely helpful uh, comment on uh, this show. Um, What were some of the issues with this show?
1: Thanks. Uh, Yes, well, the the whole question of the show is a is is an interesting one it, it was um originally thought up by um a company called this egg the idea was to have about eight actors who would go around touring across the uk it was due to be in bath the bristol and norwich i think and it was the idea behind it was a sex education show uh for children of all ages um adults as well The question really is, can you really have a sex show, a family sex show, allegedly, for children and adults at the same time? Um, There was going to be sort of full frontal nudity. There were going to be themes that were highly inappropriate for five-year-olds. All sorts going on on stage. Um, You can visit the website as well. uh, And that sort of gives an idea of what they were going to discuss. And it's, it's all... It's quite shocking, to be honest. I, um, I didn't really enjoy my time looking a- around that website.
0: Well, a quick look over the frequently asked questions get, does give an idea of what the audience members are in for. It's worth quoting in full. At one point in the show, everyone on stage takes their clothes off to the level they feel comfortable to. For some people, that's taking off all of their clothes and being completely naked. For other people, that means taking off bottoms but leaving underwear on. For others, it's not taking anything off at all. This moment lasts approximately five minutes. And the reason they give, end quote, the reason they give for all of this is sexual development and behavior in children starts from birth. It's important that children are supported in their exploratory <laughs> development safely and comfortably. So interestingly, uh, we, we, we're seeing this, aren't we? Over the last number of years or you know, the last generation or so, the increased sexualization of children and the increased um, introduction to these things, which ties into a lot of what we're seeing in sex education in schools as well. Roger, maybe you could comment a bit on how we've seen that increased sexualization in sex education over the last few years.
2: Well, sure, I mean, I mean, this idea, I believe it began with, with Kinsey in the United States that, that uh, infants are sexual creatures. And um, surprisingly, I mean, even, Groups and organizations which you would think would, uh, would know better have picked up on this. The World Health Organization, for example, uh, drafted guidelines for Europe on sex education, which said that we should be teaching childhood masturbation to children. Um, so some shocking stuff. And, you know, as the father of a young girl, you know, you want to keep your kids as innocent as long as you can. And they're completely oblivious to, <laughs> to this mature world that, that adults are trying to put on them. And certainly, we've seen that in the United Kingdom um, recently. We've got uh, relationships and sex education guidance, uh, which is now law uh, in England. Um, it's also been put in Scotland and Wales, where we're requiring kids to learn about these mature uh, themes, uh, things like um, homosexual relationships and and uh, uh, transgender ideology. You know, for for a four or five year old at that tender age, when they're being fed this material. Um, you know, on, on a nearly, not a daily basis, but on a frequent basis by a, a teacher who, you know, has a hierarchical um, authority over them, you know, kids kids will eat this up, unfortunately. It, it has an effect on their young brains, and parents have a
0: right to be concerned that, that this is in, in schools at all. No, absolutely. So I, th- I believe we have an image from the show, um, a poster showing a little bit about what Um, this show was really um, about and seeking to do. Uh, This was from the website, it reads, all kinds of animals masturbate, not just humans. Use the internet to find some examples of other animals that masturbate. Why don't you draw the animals you've found? I think Alan uh, Cadwallander uh, sums it up well. A family sex show is perverse and shows the sick minds of some people. It's sad that we're getting into this time of wickedness and, and depravity, but I guess we can take some encouragement that this has now been pulled. Rebecca, could you just uh, go through some of the actual reasons why and given, reasons given why this show has been canceled?
1: Yes, so the family sexual, the creators of that itself, um, they put out a statement on Twitter and then on the uh, event, Website as well. They essentially said uh, they'd been they'd been experiencing threats um, and illegal abuse, I believe, and uh, basically said they were extremist views that had come in and forced the venues to cancel. Now that could be true, but there's no evidence of this anywhere. Um, I was trawling the internet for for a while yesterday looking for uh, looking for this and there doesn't seem to be anything what there is or what does exist are comments on uh, newspaper outlets like the Daily Mail, Uh, Mumsnet has a lot of comments from upset mothers uh, and also other women Um, and then you've got a brilliant petition from Citizen Go which you mentioned before it has nearly 40,000 signatures now from people who are calling for the show to be scrapped um, and ultimately, that was successful. So we we give thanks for that, really, because as as we've all said, this is highly inappropriate. Well, yeah, we're, we're a group.
2: we a group who um, is telling kids to to you know Google animal masturbation and wanting to show full frontal nudity. Nudity is calling others extremist. I think
0: that's the uh, pot calling the kettle black. Mm. Yes, no, absolutely. So I guess uh, one objection some might have is. Uh, is this not just a, a, a version of cancel? Co- what, what what stops this from being another example of cancel culture? Um, uh, to to what extent can we be um, criticizing and calling for the cancellation of shows like this? If other um, and 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 but be be, be upset when c- Christians are being cancelled, as we've been seeing many times. Uh, Roger, how would you respond to someone who would raise that? Sure. Well, I mean,
2: when you're talking about cancel culture, um, where where it goes to the heart of censorship of an idea, uh, an I- or ideas that are being spread by mature adults um, and not period content, then that's where you start seeing, you know, uh, an invasion on the freedom of of expression, and I think that has no place in a democratic society. But when you're talking about uh, material which which is um, you know can be defined as pornographic and in, in some senses and certainly a uh, highly offensive and damaging to the development of children well that's uh, that's an entirely different matter um there there's case law extensive case law on protecting the the health and morals of children from exactly this type of material no, I think it's interesting,
1: I mean, isn't it though because ben the quote that you read out from the the family secretary before which says that children are um, naturally curious from an early age this is completely true but the point is there is an age appropriateness uh, of this topic of sex education and parents are best placed I think to be able to say well my child can learn this or or this is appropriate for my child. Um, it's not about giving them all the information all in one well here's a naked adult for you to look at or you know or even the themes such as masturbation that's you're not going to teach a five-year-old that that is not age appropriate so I think it's very appropriate actually that this show has been cancelled because it's really just careening our children down a, a path of harm and danger we've seen sort of the, the dangers as Roger mentioned of porn um, for children as well you know there's the uh, we've got some resources on our website um, pure resources as an example there of a guy that got addicted to porn from age 12 and actually when you're exposing young children to these over sexualized themes it does them damage it does harm so in this case I think it was right for the show to be cancelled um does it contribute to cancel culture that's a, a good question but I I would highly say no um because it's all about appropriateness for our children and actually it's our job as adults to protect our children um I'm sure Roger would agree as a father as well I'm not a mother but I am an auntie um and I would love to you know, protect my niece from, from themes such as these. Uh,
0: and I think one of the key things is the kind of copycat culture that it does create when people, children are exposed to these things more it opens their minds up to issues and things at, um, in, in, in some cases at too early an age in, in other cases at an age, that's never appropriate when it comes to, uh, normalizing or increasing the plausibility of, um, uh, depraved sexual practices. Um, yeah, we're seeing there an image of the uh, from taken from the uh, show's website, um, looking at the way it normalises a lot of these um, these things. And the website itself included a glossary of the terminology used in the production, uh, which contained utterly inappropriate uh, language, which we we won't re- repeat um, here. And so with this. We'll see more and more the, the, the consequences of these things. It's interesting, isn't it, that you know over the last however many years there's there's this emphasis on thinking that oh, all we need to do is fix education. All, all children need is more sex education and that will solve all the problems. And what we're seeing in our society increasingly is more and more problems and this will lead to ever more problems as children are ever more um, sexualized and open things up, whether that's fornication or gender confusion, whatever it may be. Um, I remember, I, I vaguely recall um, hearing uh, one transitioner hearing about the confusion that drags in pantomimes had for them when they were little. And the consequences these things can have can often be very, very subtle, um, but promote this kind of copycat behavior. It sounds like the kind of show that maybe in the future people might need conversion therapy for. So that leads us to our next topic. Um, As people may be aware, we've been engaging on the issue of so-called conversion therapy, uh, which is really just talking counselling, prayer ministry, pastoral, biblical counselling. To help people wrestle with their uh, whether same-sex confusion or gender confusion, and these different types of issues, and the government have announced their intention to ban practices, to ban so-called conversion therapy um, on these on these various issues. Uh, Roger, we at Christian, we, you've recently written a legal opinion um, arguing uh, that the current uh, proposals to ban conversion therapy would infringe on human rights could you share a little bit about where where that is what what you've what you've written uh, and where people can find it well sure i mean first of all you can find it on on the website
2: www.christianconcern.com um you know the the whole problem with the consultation document uh, because we don't have legislation yet to, to show us what will actually be banned um, I mean, there's multiple issues. One is that uh, the evidence being relied upon is self-reported, so it's by definition unsafe. We don't know if there is a need for this legislation because the government has not provided any safe evidence that that there is such an issue with conversion therapy that this needs to be legislated. Uh, one of the second issues is a lack of of definitions. Um, you know, if you're going to make conversion therapy a criminal offense, you should at least define what conversion therapy means in the consultation document. Um, And and that's not the case. And one of the problems with this is that campaigners want conversion therapy to mean anything they wish it to mean. And you can't, you can't criminalize a a moving target. Um, So, you know, the legal opinion focuses on, on why definitions matter, how a a, a ban on um, what's being taken place uh, with a lot of counselors, which is, um, you know, a therapy a talk therapy done within an ethical framework, which is peer regulated, um, why, you know, uh, restricting that would have significant um, implications under the European Convention on Human Rights, specifically freedom of religion,
0: uh, and freedom of privacy. Great. So that's, um, that's hugely helpful. So it's interesting, that point that you made, then it's a, something we've said many times before about this lack of clear definition on what um conversion therapy really is um rebecca maybe you could talk a little bit from a kind of communications media perspective how the culture and the media in particular have tried to group all these things in with other practices
1: yes certainly so i think when generally when people think of the term conversion therapy they're thinking of things that are actually already illegal Um, I know quite often conversion therapy think, well, electroshock therapy, supposedly, or people have mentioned sort of corrective rape before. Well, these things are not practiced. If you ask any therapist um, who allegedly practices conversion therapy, that's another thing, but they don't call it conversion therapy. It's just it's counseling, it's therapy. Um, That's normal. Um, Sometimes these issues of sexuality and gender are touched upon And that's a great thing. People want help for that. Um, But it is essentially therapy and counselling. These things that people think of as conversion therapy um, are are already illegal and they're being lumped together with good things that actually we do want people to allow, you know, for people who who don't want to experience a certain sexuality or or have these attractions or temptations or behaviours. They want help, they're seeking that. Even conversations, um, pastoral support, discipleship, prayer for people, that is all being lumped in to um, a, a, an umbrella term that is, as Roger said, not well-defined. Um, and actually, what's, what's really clear and interesting and slightly shocking is that um, activists have been very clear that actually they do want the good things banned as well. They want to ban prayer for change they want to ban discipleship and pastoral support as well so that's where the worry really comes in
0: No, certainly i was it i think leading gay campaigner jane ozanne i think said prayer that causes you to hate yourself is not prayer it's hate prayer um basically referring to any prayer that a pastor might have with um someone in their congregation um so roger there have been other legal opinions published before um, on these different, on the on the issue of the legality of a of a conversion therapy ban, um, what in particular is 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 new in 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 the arguments that you've made, um, or is that tied in with some of what you were just saying earlier?
2: Well, I, I think the thoroughness of the opinion is new, um, and and that it's really grappling with the question what these terms actually mean. Uh, it's an opinion which I think is realistic. It addresses some of the things that Rebecca has mentioned that, um, you know, much of what we consider to be conversion therapy. In fact, if you ask the person on the street what conversion therapy is and their answer would almost inevitably be stuff that's already illegal. So we're diving into what's left and, and how can you make that illegal? So you have, uh, you know, an adult who has uh, the legal capacity to to make decisions, who, let's say they're married and has children and and he's got, uh, he or she has same-sex attractions. They want to go have uh, counseling on how they can remain faithful to their family because their family matters to them. Or or they're just a a Christian who wants to stay true to biblical beliefs. Um, They have the freedom under the European Convention on Human Rights to do so um those are, those freedoms include the right to uh, define who you are as a person to live out a life uh, of privacy where you can define your own uh, moral behavior we don't want the government you know all this talk from from campaigners uh decades ago we don't want the government in our bedrooms well why do they want why do they want them in the bedrooms now um we need to be asking those questions. They're adult questions, and we ne- the problem when you don't define the terms is we can't have a real, genuine conversation about about what is going to be banned and what's not going to be banned.
1: The trouble is, it's not just in the bedrooms; it's in the churches and in the counselling yeah, rooms yeah. as well. It's awful.
0: No, certainly, and um, it's a real overreach. Um, but I guess, um, Roger, many people use the Article th- Article Three uh, European Convention on Human Rights. Uh, to justify the ban. Uh, Maybe you could just explain to us what Article 3 is and why this actually doesn't hold up to scrutiny.
2: Sure, sure. Well, Article 3 um, is the prohibition on torture and inhuman and degrading uh, treatment. So uh, even in the consultation document, it it, uh, admits that much of what is done under, um, everything that's done under Article 3 is already illegal. So when campaigners use that (laughs) As an argument saying well this is torture and inhuman degrading treatment well that stuff's already illegal Uh, the the fact that there is an article three makes it illegal um you know so then then you really get into the nuts nuts and bolts of well what are we actually doing here um if that's your best argument and that stuff's already illegal then what are we talking about here
0: certainly and and i think that was why we at christian concern in our guidance and our response to the consultation um really did press the point home that we don't need more legislation uh and that any more legislation is going to be a risk to um freedom of religion freedom to, to 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 practice our religion and and to walk out live out our faiths our faith and um uh but everything can be challenged those harmful practices if they occur and for many in many cases um the government weren't able to provide evidence that the horror practices that come to mind are actually happening, there's no evidence that electric shock treatment is happening, um, is already not, illegal. I mean, it probably is, but not not with regard to conversion therapy. Oh, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, so um, how we, it, it was important that we, um, uh, we, we have that clarity because any new legislation is going to muddy the waters given that Article 3 already um, exists. It's great to see many of the comments um, uh, coming in here. Uh, thank you so much please do make sure that you keep writing in comments and questions annabelle hanvey makes a great point how can some members of society suggest banning conversion therapy when some members of society supports and promotes non-binary terminology etc surely if that is supported by one wing then the other wing can have their views respected too we've gone too far the other way and now christian morals are not um, being supported kemi hamilton saying that conversion counseling and repentance go hand in hand it's part of our faith which we're free to practice according to human rights law. I, I think that's the thing, isn't it? For us as Christians, we're, we're encouraged to point people to Christ, uh, to call people away from their sin and call them to Christ and the hope and the joy that we have in him as he washes us, sanctifies us and justifies us. Um, and so really this is an attack on um, discipleship, a point that we've made many, many times, uh, but it's important that we never forget that. Um, it's an attack on um, the gospel call for us to turn to Christ and to know the good news of our saviour.
2: I, you know, I, I would add as well that um, one of the things that muddies the water here is that anyone who says that a law is not needed is publicly called out uh, as being pro-conversion therapy, as if we're for coercion and electroshock therapy. And I think that, that needs to stop. I mean, yeah. I, again, going back to the fact that we need a meeting of the minds here. We need to be honest about what we're discussing. Um, I haven't met anyone, you know, who, who's opposed to this law who's saying, yes, we need we need corrective rape. And, and uh, I mean, this is ridiculous. Um, and I, I think if we're going to make headway on coming to some kind of agreement uh, about what a law should look like, um, and I don't think that a law should be passed. I don't think it's necessary. I think what's what's uh, already illegal is enough. But we just need to be honest about these discussions, because as you've said, um, we've, we see these terms like spiritual abuse popping in, and, and these are all an attack on, on the ability to do ministry.
1: But, yeah. Richard, isn't it true that even just discussing this, if a ban is put in place, even just discussing this or having this discussion could be made illegal? Would that be a reality?
2: I mean, it could be. Other 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 parts of the world have done so I mean again without having any proposed legislation to look at it's difficult to say what uh, I mean the government seems to be grappling quite heavily with what to do with this I don't think they anticipated uh, the backlash um, people calling them out for not having proper evidence for not defining terms for having the possibility of of putting forth legislation which would likely be struck down in the courts
0: um, immediately once it was issued. uh, Roger, great uh, point from uh, Ali asad Jaffrey that was just put up there about Article 9 and Article 10, which you, you did mention earlier. Uh, maybe just, uh, just unpack that uh, for some of the people watching who may not know exactly what Articles 8 and 9 of the European Convention on Human Rights are. Sure. Well, Article 8 is the right to family and the
2: right to privacy, which uh, includes the right to um, define who you are, self-actualization, which includes sexual self-actualization, self-actualiz- Um, So that's the freedom of of, uh, any capacitous adult to um, seek treatment, counseling, uh, pastoral help to live the life they want to live according to their sexual morality. Um, Article nine is freedom of thought, conscience and religion. That's both a, a personal and a collective right. So it's the right of churches to to have autonomy, to do prayer ministry, things like that. And it's the right of an individual to live according to their biblical beliefs. Um, so so both of those are heavily engaged in any discussion on a criminal ban on conversion
0: therapy. Great. And I guess this ties in a little bit with what you were saying earlier, Roger, about the way that if we're those of us who argue there does not need to be any new legislation on so-called conversion therapy often get grouped together with those or with the thought of doing these obviously harmful, evil things like Electric shock treatment for conversion therapy for same-sex desires or um, corrective rape and things like that. So, Annabel Hanvey makes the, makes makes a the good point. Perhaps the term conversion therapy itself needs to be reconsidered. It's tied with negative connotations. Um, uh, Roger, what would you say to this?
2: I mean, uh, I think it's exactly correct. The problem is the campaigners will never let that uh, term go. Um, you know I've been I don't like to admit it, but I've been reading David Hume, um, who, <laughs> you know, is agnostic to say the least, but but he, he at least is, is mature enough to say that we're never going to come to a truth if we can't agree upon the terms. Um, and those doing this counseling uh, for people who want to move away from same sex uh, attraction or, or who want to reconcile with their biological uh, sex, um would never call it conversion therapy um they they see it as Rebecca said as as counseling um so absolutely again we need to we need to get on the same page as to what we're discussing if we're going to make any headway on this
0: yeah I think that's the important point to realize that it was a term invented by campaigners and not a term used by anyone who's seeking to support people in in these areas You know, and maybe we should, you know, be a bit more stricter with the language that we use. Um, I'm vague. I believe that um, uh, campaigners are are moving towards conversion practices, um, but that's really just in an attempt to ban any and every practice. Catch-all phrase, yeah. Yes. So prayer, uh, pastoral ministry, and you know any of these issues because they don't want to restrict it just to the counselling room. Um, So they they've broadened it out. Um, there, um, Rebecca, what, what kind of advice would you give to people in talking about this? Because you know, this is heavily controversial issues, um, and I think many people would just be a bit scared to be talking about this as soon as you hear the word conversion therapy. Um, you're branded. Um, what advice would you give people in, in engaging on these issues? Well,
1: I think we need to be realistic about it. Um, yes, there are activists out there who who want this band but actually it's our job as Christians to speak truth um we you know we believe in a God that does transform we believe in a God that does change that that yes meets us where we're at whatever we're struggling with but won't leave us there he he brings us through and change is possible now and actually um I think I've seen Pete Benjamin in the comments as well he's a, a brilliant story of change uh, where change is possible. Um, coming out of, of transgenderism, I think the more of these stories we can tell of where people have changed and come out of that, the better. To say that actually, well, this thing that you're calling conversion therapy works. It's good. It's helpful. Um, and let's be let's be real um, that it's not all of this um, stuff that activists are saying it is. Um, and actually, let's let's tell the truth and say as well well do you really want prayer to be banned do you really want discipleship to be banned do you really want counselling pastoral support do you really want these activists in our churches Um, in some sense yes you do want them in our churches because they need to hear the gospel Uh, they need to hear truth but they cannot be dictating uh, what the church is to teach Um, we stand on truth we've got to be firm in that so I think let's be brave um let's let's speak truth let's let's tell it how it is
2: oh well, we can't be the villains in this story but we're not the ones proposing legislation which is going to have a massive impact on freedom across this country
0: yeah absolutely. no absolutely and you mentioned there peter benjamin it's been great to see you in the comments hi peter um i think one thing maybe we need to be in in doing is calling out the injustice of Um, these practices, uh, not these um, so-called conversion therapy practices, but what we were talking about earlier about the sex family show, the family sex show, um, the promotion of trans ideology amongst children, uh, the confusion of children, the the push to uh, ever younger encourage people down these paths is itself conversion therapy. Uh, They're they're the ones accusing us who are simply uh, pointing people to live Uh, According to who God's made them to be, uh, whereas the world is encouraging them to mutilate themselves, to engage in practices that harm them, and to mutilate their bodies uh, in an an attempt to so called find themselves. Um, That's really the horror and the evil practices that are happening today. That's the conversion therapy of today. And we as Christians, I think, in loving our neighbor, need to speak and call this out.
1: And I think um, parents and churches are, are best placed for this as well, right? Churches and, and parents especially have got to almost take this power back and say, no, hang on. We know what's best for our, our children. We know uh, the the truth of the gospel. Let's teach our children age appropriate stuff. Um, as I said before, with uh with regard to the family sex show. This uh we we've got to we've got to take the lead here. We've got to point children uh in towards the the truth and 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 freedom you know this culture says sexual freedom is freedom it's not um that freedom is really found in god the creator um of all things isn't he so let's point children towards the source of of true freedom um being being loving being compassionate being age appropriate um and say no this is this is the real answer
2: yeah, and to, to Ben's point, um, if you look at gender uh, gender identity theory in schools, um, 10 years ago when this wasn't in schools, um, we had literally just dozens of kids um, under 100 uh, annually being uh, referred to gender identity clinics. In the last four years alone, we've had over 10,000 children referred to gender identity clinics. So if the government is now suggesting it looks like they won't suggest it but if, if they're saying that we can't even have kids now seeking uh counseling to to reconcile with their biological sex while we're letting you know thousands and thousands of kids go in the process of, of transitioning which could lead to puberty suppression it could lead to to harmful cross-sex hormones which which will have a lifelong effect um yeah perhaps we should be calling that conversion therapy then
0: it's been it's it's a difficult issue, and we need to pray um, that the government um, drops the plans. We need to keep um, speaking the truth in love uh, and engaging on these issues. Um, yes, in our churches, yes, as homes, but also uh, through the institutions. And that's why we're hugely thankful, Roger, for all the work that you did uh, and the time uh, you took uh, to put in for that uh, legal opinion, which is going to be a great resource. Um, uh, listeners and viewers, I, I hugely encourage you to uh, to to have a read, to read uh, that uh, legal opinion and share amongst friends and family. You can find it on our Christian Concern website. Um, I, I, we touched on this earlier, but really, it's an attack on the gospel transformation. Um, that as we leave our sin and turn to Christ, that by His Holy Spirit He makes us more like His Son, Jesus Christ. I always go to these verses, which I think are hugely encouraging, uh, not just for those who are wrestling with same-sex temptations or gender uh, confusion, but for all of us, um, where Paul writes, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor the effeminate, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And that is wonderful, great news for each and every one of us, uh, that we no longer walk in those identities that the world wants to give us, we're no longer defined by our desires, uh, but we are washed, sanctified, justified, and we're united to Christ, we're united to one another in his church, and that's a glorious message for a world that is hurting and is broken and that is is digging deeper into its own sin and darkness to try and find a way out when we need to look away from ourselves not in on ourselves away from ourselves to our saviour jesus christ who came and died for us took the penalty not just to forgive us our sins but so that through union with him we can come to the father Uh, So we uh, do not have a spirit of slavery by which we fall back into fear, but we have a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And we need to pray uh, that uh, the world that is broken will know truly God the Father. It's been a delight to have you on, Becca and Roger, and thank you so much, uh, all of you, for tuning in uh, today and and your comments, your great comments and great questions. Uh, We'll be back again uh, next week on Round the Table. Uh, Do keep an eye out for upcoming events that we have uh, at Christian Concern. You can find out more about those at ChristianConcern.com. I'd hugely encourage you to, if you aren't already, to sign up to receive our Christian Weekly News Uh, which will be going out this evening, every Friday evening. You can do that at christianconcern.com forward slash hello to keep up to date with some of the key issues in society as we seek to speak the truth in love, proclaim the Lordship of Christ and point people towards him. Thank you, Becca. Thank you, Roger. Thank you all for joining today.